This is episode 172 of the Church Venture Northwest podcast. This episode goes back to the 2010 Winter Youth Celebration, Transformation. This is session one with Sean Garman. Seriously, I am Sean Garman. I'm going to talk that way the whole way. Who has the red shirt that thought it was them? Nobody? Nobody talking trash about my kids? Hey, uh, yes, I am Sean Garman, as the masked one said. Uh, he was a little hostile. I think he was looking for a fight, so I'm not looking for a fight. I'm looking to hang with you guys. Hey, why would, uh, why would somebody, the, the video took off a year, I'm 41, so why would a 41-year-old, kind of an older guy, uh, with seven kids, come up here to be with you? Okay, some would differ, but I like your enthusiasm. This guy's wonderful back here. Sixth row red shirt again. Anybody else? Why would I be here? I want to help you. That's true. I do want to help you. Jesus, that's it. All the other answers are good. I like being awesome and wanting to help you and stuff. But the truth is, is uh, I think most people would... Never, ever, ever, ever want to be here with these lights on them, with a camera back there looking at you and barely seeing your face. Why would anybody do this? I, I don't know why, but the reason that I'm here is because I follow Christ. I've followed Christ since I was 16, and it has been an amazing adventure. It hasn't always been easy. Uh, it's been full of tension at times where God loves me, sometimes when I don't even want to be loved, maybe when I really want to stick a finger in the air, into the sky. Maybe I'm mad or I'm angry, but God has been with me. And I believe that he's been with you. And some of you may not know to the extent of how much he's been with you. But I'm here because I've got to follow Jesus and I've got to watch the power of his word. I've got to watch the credibility of what he says about relationships, about life, about family. I've got to watch that become true. And each step as I've walked, I've got to, to take doubt and, and some of the doubt is, is washed away. And some of my unbelief has become belief. And some of the really bad habits in my life, some of the sin, some of the darkness in my life, God has shed light on. Not only has he shed light on it, he's loved me as he was doing it. He wasn't condemning me. I'm not going to assume that everybody's jacked up about being here. I'm not going to assume that everybody loves Jesus in this room. But I am going to assume that God will speak to you if you'll let him, if you'll open your heart, if you'll open your mind to him. We're going to be talking about gospel transformation. What does that mean? It's kind of a weird thing to say, but gospel means the nature, the work, the person of a of named Jesus Christ. So when we say gospel, and we'll say the gospel, uh, we're talking about life that centers around Jesus Christ. But the transformation part is what happens with us, because he's been the same forever, for all of eternity. But the offer on the table is that God 
has sent his son to reach us, to extend out to us, to give us an invitation to be changed people, to have a new identity, to go from death to life, to take the bad and the good circumstances that we've been through and to give us understanding and meaning and purpose in that. And then to fill us up. And once we have that understanding, once we're thrilled and we're thankful for that, we have a story to tell. And we go out into our neighborhoods and into our basketball teams and our sports teams and our, our families. And we even go to people that maybe we don't even think we have anything in common with and we talk to them about who God is. We just tell our story of the way that he's transformed us. Another reason I'm here is when I was 16 years old, it was a pivotal time in my life. I had some really good times and some really terrible times in high school. My parents were divorced. My mother lived in Southern California. My father lived in Portland. And I would fly back and forth. It's kind of hard to make good friends when you're flying back and forth and going two years out at Barlow High School in Gresham and two years at a school called Capistrano Valley in Mission Viejo, California, in, in the OC. And so when I entered high school, I was 4'11 and 89 pounds. I don't look 89 pounds now, do I? <laughs> Please flatter me. Uh, 4'11, 89 pounds, uh, you can get made fun of when you're that size. Somebody's in here going, amen, silently. But I, I also, moving from Oregon to California, learned what it was like to be made fun of because I didn't have the right clothes, I didn't have the right image. I didn't have the right friends. So in Oregon, I was kind of popular, and that didn't transfer to California. When I went to California, uh, people would make fun of me, and they wouldn't let me in their, their groups. And so I struggled with my identity. I struggled with things. And so I just started doing hobbies. So I, I started to skateboard a lot. And then I started to surf. And eventually I met some people that surfed and skated and were actually nice to me. And uh, they invited me into their, to go to their youth group. And then they invited me to this camp, kind of like this, but it was up in the mountains. And I went. And uh, I didn't know anything, really. I, didn't know, I knew a little bit about Jesus. My parents had talked about Jesus, but I didn't really trust them, to be honest with you, because they got a divorce. And they said they followed Jesus, but they got a divorce, and that was hard for me. I was like, should I trust what you say about Jesus? So I had heard about Jesus. I was comfortable about the conversation with Jesus. But I went... Uh, to this thing with these guys that I, I used to surf with. And uh, we were there one day, and we were 16 years old, and we're in the mountains in Southern California, and, and the guy starts reading from the Bible, and I'm kind of listening, to be honest, and I'm kind of thinking about this girl in the other room, and I'm kind of thinking about the next funny thing we could say and do, and I'm a little bit fidgety, and, but I'm sitting there, and I'm kind of listening, and then the guy says, well, let's pray. And I'm like, okay, well, let's pray. So we all dunk our heads. And my buddies are all in this circle, and the guy starts to pray, and something happens that's never happened in my life before. I just thought, when you pray, you know, it was like, okay, come on, that's a good idea, that was good, clever, whoa. And people prayed, and you kind of listen, and you're like, ah. 
But while we were praying, I, was, I had my head down, and all of a sudden when he started to speak, and he started to re- repeat some of the words that were going on that we were talking about, we were having this discussion about some cool stuff and, and truth and li- life that comes through Jesus, and, and we're praying and he's talking, and all of a sudden I just felt like, uh, to be honest with you, I had tried pot at this point in my life, and I kind of felt high. And I, I felt a little bit off the ground, and I was like, whoa, 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 is this one of those weird things where the drug comes back and gets you? Like, I didn't want to feel that again. It was a mistake. I'm really super sorry, but I'm trying to pray here. And it's like, hey, can you get high three times off the same thing? And, and uh, I was just kind of going, Did something weird's happening here. And it just kind of invaded inside of me, and I was like, that's a little intimate. You're inside my heart now. Something's going on. And it was the Holy Spirit. And I'm praying and I'm listening and all of a sudden I'm like, and I was trying to figure it out because it was new for me. And I was getting goosebumps and I was like, but it was really getting to me and I was like, I was really getting moved, to be honest with you. I was like, this is like, this is God. Like, this is the stuff we've been talking about. This is stuff I heard about. This is heavy. This is thick. And here's what happened. Even with my buddies all in the circle, I started crying. I was, it wasn't because I was afraid or it was bad. I started crying because I, I sensed God saying, I'm totally all about you. I love you. All these things are true. And I just kept feeling it whirl around me. I felt God go, I totally love you. And I started crying. And I was like, oh my gosh, if we get done praying and I'm bawling my head off, everybody's going to laugh at me. And so I'm just like hauling, right? I'm taking every piece of fabric and I'm wiping all these tears and they're going clump, 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 you like, I like this, but I'm not going to want to face these guys. Here's what happened. All six of my buddies were bawling. It wasn't just me that, that Jesus was talking to through the Holy Spirit. It was all my buddies. We all got baptized. We all started to follow Jesus. We were pumped up. We were like, what? That happened to you? No way. Are we on drugs? No. We're totally, this is the Holy Spirit. This is Shaka Let's go serve for Jesus or skip for Jesus. You know, you're like, but Jesus had come into the picture like in a real way. And you're like, wow, really? Check this out. Two years later, I'm now 18. I moved back to Portland, Oregon to go to Portland State. Vikings are terrible. <laughs> if you didn't hear that, that guy's like, go Vikings. I love you. He probably has a red shirt on. Okay, we're just going to pick on <laughs> Don't wear a red shirt around here, people. No. Two years later, get the Jesus vibe. Start following Jesus a little bit. Get baptized in the hot tub down in SoCal. Move back to Portland. Going to freeze a little bit, but go to school. It's just me. All my buddies I left in California, 
I didn't connect with any Christians up in Oregon. I had no community. Do you know what it's like just to try and follow Jesus when everybody else around you isn't? It's like living in Portland. (laughs) And so I began to live the way of my culture. I began to turn away a little bit from Jesus. He was still there, and I still liked him. And I'd even talk about him when I went to those parties and I got drunk. I would talk about Jesus drunk. Curiously enough, nobody came to Christ listening to the drunk guy. Doesn't happen often. I had left my community. I had accepted Christ at 16, but at 18, I was partying. And then I started to grow a little bit. I was no longer 4'11". It's more like 5'11". I put more like 100 pounds on, and I wanted to see what I could do with the new body, and so I would start fighting people because I was still angry and mad about bad things that had happened in my life. I wanted to take them out on people. Two years after accepting Christ in my life and having the time of my life learning about him, I betrayed him. I totally walked from him. I'm smoking pot, I'm drinking, I'm partying, and I'm hurting people. You know how disgusting that feels? It felt so disgusting that I even thought one night when I was skateboarding in downtown Portland all by myself, drunk, I thought, maybe I should just end my life. I punched that guy in the face, I knocked him out at a club, and his face and the way his body collapsed kept coming to my head. In my mind, I kept feeling sick, disgusted. I'm talking about some of you. Some of you are like, oh, no, I don't hit people. Oh, well, you may with your gossip. Oh, no, I don't drink. Well, Satan's just waiting for you to. The culture is waiting for you to. You've got one foot following Jesus, but you may be where I was, where you're about to turn your shoulder and start to focus and have a different purpose in your life. And maybe it's to be popular. Maybe it's to find your identity in this world. Maybe you're so set on succeeding. Maybe you think your great grades as you wave them around and get maybe paid for it or the attaboys or the accomplishment. Maybe you're living that as your identity. Maybe you're good at something and you think that's it. Or maybe even falsely, you're down in the dumps because you don't think God wants to talk to you about your stuff. When I was 18, I started sleeping with this girl. And I got her pregnant. This girl started to read my Bible. She would pick up my Bible and start reading my Bible. I felt like crap. Just a couple years earlier, I was following Jesus, and now I was a mess. 
And I got this girl pregnant. Used to make me upset. I couldn't even speak to her until after about three weeks, I saw her over there in the corner. I'm like, would you stop reading? The more you read, the more I felt guilty. Put that thing down. I wish that was anything but the Bible. I came home from work one day. She's over in the living room reading my Bible. And finally, I finally got the guts because I was being a, I was a coward. And I looked at her and I said, what are you reading? Duh. That's my Bible. I said, what are you reading? And she said, I'm reading your Bible. And I said, I know that. I said, but what have you been reading? And she said, I started from page one. I've been reading what this thing says is the Old Testament. She had never been to church in her life. She says, it's, this is the Old Testament. I'm reading all these stories, all of this history of all of these people and God talking to all these people and God saying things to them and them failing him and, and him lifting them up and him giving them other chances and him moving them. And I said, well, yeah, yeah, that's the story. And she said, well, wait a second. Guess what? I think everything in here is true. And I said, it is. My wife came to Christ through reading the Bible. I married the girl that I got pregnant. I've been married to her for 21 years. We have 7 million children. <laughs> Can you help us? We're going to pass an offering today to help feed these children. Feed the children, people. No, I'm just kidding. A teenager who's extremely angry, getting a girl pregnant, trying to go to college, dabbling in drugs and alcohol, had one thing going for him. He began to follow Jesus when he was 16 years old. He began to believe. There was a seed of belief. You know what God did? God made me a father. I have five sons and two daughters. And you may be going, I'm never having that many kids. I'm not asking you to. Some of you should never. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Somebody went, whoa, that hurt my feelings. Maybe I want to have eight. Okay. <laughs> How does that happen? How, how do I celebrate 21 years of marriage? How do I have a daughter who's a junior at University of Portland? How do, how do things begin to become healthy? It's exactly what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about the gospel of transformation, the fact that God wants to continuously change and walk with you and lead you and move you into places and settings, and into conversations, and into a life that you never could have scripted for yourself. Jesus began to pick up the pieces and forgive me, and redeem me, and love me, and call me to himself, and invite me to the communion table where we could talk about the nitty-gritty of all of everything 
that I knew of myself. And he began to reteach me of who I thought I was. At one point in my 20s, I owned a business. I was 26 year old. I lived here in Portland. I owned a business that moved the movie companies from Hollywood when they would make like 10 movies a year, we would help relocate them. I owned the company and had the employees that did this. Then, because we were doing the movies, we were doing Intel Corporation, we were doing high-tech companies, and I owned a, this real estate firm. And then we began to move the Portland Trailblazers to town. So whenever they would trade for a player, we would set that player up. We would get their house, we would even help them get cars, Flowers in the entryway if they wanted it. We would put haagen in the refrigerator if they wanted it. Whatever they wanted, we were a full-service company that I owned. And once again, I began to, we have a tendency to do this in our lives, I started to move my shoulder from God a little bit. And because... I was building a kingdom for myself through my company. I was becoming quite popular and having dinner with pro athletes and, and movie directors. And I started to think highly of myself. I was intoxicated with myself. It became my new drug. And what did God do once again? God kindly, out of his kindness, came to me and showed me the truth. And in repentance, saying, I'm sorry, I'm trying to be king of my kingdom. I'm trying to live a life that's going to make me famous and me have the glory and me have all the goods. And God said, that's right, you are doing that. And I want you to build my kingdom and my fame and my glory. And so I sold my company and I moved to North Portland, which is five miles from here. A poor neighborhood. I had never lived in a poor neighborhood. A diverse neighborhood. I had never lived with brown people and black people and poor white people. I sold everything that I had because God was calling me once again to an adventure. And so I subsidized my, my income because I sold my assets and we started a church. And God called me into the ministry. Why am I blabbing all of this stuff about myself? It's my attempt to get you to trust me. I want you to trust me. I want you to trust that Jesus is alive and powerful. If you've just been looking for somebody to talk to, where you're going to hear outstanding, ridiculous things that happen in a person's life. I'm one of those people. And I bet there's a whole bunch in here that just don't have the stage or their name on some goofy flyer. God wants to not just change your life. He wants to jack it up. He wants to renew your mind. He wants to rip your heart open. He wants to do some surgery there. He wants to give you your identity. He wants you to walk like free men and women. He wants you to walk into your culture. He wants you to just be strutting in the Holy Spirit. He wants you to be dripping in grace. He wants you to have his kingdom values. He wants you to have the treasure of Jesus right here, locked and loaded every day. When you walk and when you talk, people will listen to you because you have love 
that others have never seen, that's unconditional, because you have grace, you accept everybody. This is the type of people that we are. And we walk into our neighborhoods and our workplaces and our careers that was set for us by God when we pray and we're led by him. He'll lead you on an adventure that'll blow anything you have planned for yourselves out of the water. That's what we're going to talk about this week. What we're going to talk about this week? We're going to talk about gospel transformation where God took you from death to life. He gave you a new name called his kid, his son, his daughter. And then he works through the bad and the good circumstances of your life, the ones that you wouldn't want to tell a whole room. And he works that through. And he starts squeezing good things out of it. And he starts shaping your character. And then he moves you in and he says, you're in my family. We're in relationship. You're in relationship. Let's get to know each other. Let's live a way that's very peculiar to the world. And then he sends us out into this world to serve as his son did. That's what we're here today for. That's what we're here this week for. That's a rhythm that we're going to find out about. That's a language and a people that we're going to find out that we are. And I pray, I have been praying for you, that you would not be like me, that you would hear the good news and you'd be like, oh yeah, that's pretty good, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I like surfing, I like Jesus. I like, you know, Jesus is just kind of like on the shelf. Jesus is cool, he's an additive, that's cool. No, that you would live a life centered on Jesus. I'm going to make an appeal to you this week. I'm going to tell you some stories that I don't want to tell you. I'm probably going to cry in front of you. I hate doing that. My flesh hates doing that. But the Spirit will rip through these scriptures and, and say, it's not okay to, to live an ordinary life. It is not okay. Jesus Christ is a radical who lived for us and died on a cross so that we could live, so that his bloodshed reconciles us in every single way you could not even fathom. That this is such the truth that God will become manifest and he will make himself known to you, not through one speaker, but through his word, that his word would begin to shape you. I want to read some of his word to you and then we'll close. And I'll quiet down. God, you're rowdy. That's what some of you are thinking. Here's something that I've been praying. We're going to be going through Ephesians 2. We'll be going through Colossians. If you want to be reading those in your own time and be encountering that on your own, here's what Ephesians says. In Ephesians 1, and this is just a little bit of my heart. You know what? I also want to say this to you. One thing I'm not going to do because it would just be super silly, is I'm probably not going to tell a bunch of silly stories. I'm funny in my living room. My kids would debate that. I'm funny with my friendships. I'm not saying that I'm no fun. I can be no fun sometimes. Kind of intense. But what I want is to be real with you. And I want you to be able to approach me. And if you have questions, maybe even during some of the sessions, we'll just, just do a few questions out loud as a group. But if you want to talk to me after this, I'd love to talk to you. If you want to talk about some of the things that we talk about, but for sure, more than talking to me, I would love for you to talk to somebody you're in relationship with, somebody that you came here with, one of your leaders or one of your peers that you trust. Because we're going to... You have an opportunity here, and you can shake this. 
You can maybe go, you know what, I came with my stale youth group and my stale youth pastor, and it's just weak. It's just crusty toast. I don't even know where I got that one. But <laughs> crusty toast, all right. That's, that's a way of saying something's not good. Okay. <laughs> I'm goofy. Okay, so here's the deal. I want you to challenge yourself. I want you to be suspect of yourself. I want you to say, I thought my week would go this way, and I even sold my friend to come on this trip, and I sold him that we could do this and screw around a little bit, and we'll do this, and we'll step late, and we'll eat lots of junk food, and whatever to take a bail and all that good stuff. Whatever the deal is, but I, I just would like you to, actually, I'm going to have everybody open their hands like this. I'm just asking that, that you would be open. That you'd be vulnerable to the same God that showed up for some goofy 16-year-old that really messed his life up even after that. And maybe that you could humble yourself to say, my hands are open before a king, King Jesus, and I... I I did accept him, or I haven't yet. That you would be open to him speaking and changing your life. Not just for a week, not the big hilltop high, but like that there would be something, something unique that God would say to you that you would say, I'm going to take that. That's a gift. I know that God's talking to me. I know that God wants this for me. I also am going to ask you not to try too hard. I'm going to ask you to chill. And when we come together in these gatherings, that, that you would just find yourself in the real meaning of sanctuary, not what you think of sanctuary, but the refuge, the rest, the place that you get to be yourself. Start being that with God, and then eventually you'll get to do that with other people. But here's, keep your, keep your hands open. For this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in knowledge of Him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you, what are the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named not only in this age but in the one to come and that he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. I need two brave prayer peeps to come up and pray with me for us to own this. I'd like us to pray for this week. I'd like us to begin to value and to be thankful for what Jesus has done in your life. If you're a believer, if you follow Jesus, then I'd like you to be here with me right now, and I'd like you to pray 
And so if I can have two volunteers. Yeah, this is going to give you the scaries. Ooh, two courageous ones. She's standing. I'm going with stander, and I'm going with stander. And we just made that up. Okay, and it's a guy and a gal. That's fantastic. Okay, these guys are going to pray for you because that scripture that we just read says, so thankful for you. My greatest desire is for God to revelate, for God to illuminate more of the story, more of who he is. And when you start to know more of who he is, you'll start to know more of who you are and what you're here for. So what's your name? Thank you, Darian. Darian? Yeah. All right. Beautiful. What's your name? Danny. Double D's right here. <laughs> These two are prayer people right now. And uh, will you bow your heads, dunk your heads with them? Thank you, Jesus, for uh, letting us be out here today and letting all these young people have fun and, you know, and come over here and uh, have this awesome preacher guy over here. It's pretty cool. And uh, thank you for letting us all get here safely and uh, everything you do. And I thank you for that. And I thank you for letting the word be spoken. And hopefully we're all listening tonight. Amen. Dear God, I just thank you for um, every person that's here. And I just pray that you will move through Sean and that uh, we will all be listening and open to your words and that uh, he will melt away and it will be speaking to all of us um, this whole week, God, and that we can all just be vulnerable and open um, and learn about you. In your name, amen.